So often we believe that uh, the way that we're get right with God is by doing some good stuff, you know? I mean, I, I've heard that all the time. I hear it all the time. People have that idea that, you know, I, it's not right with God, so I need to do some more good stuff. Well, it's, there's nothing wrong with doing good stuff, good things for other people, but that's not what the Bible says uh, makes you right with God. Uh, the Bible tells us clearly that there's something else uh, that makes us right with God. And, and the question this morning we're going to be talking about as we look at Easter and, and some of the words of Jesus upon the cross is the question of how good is good enough? What do you have to do to be right with God? Uh, the last several weeks what we've done is we've looked at uh, some of the uh, words of Jesus upon the cross. As Jesus was upon the cross, there's seven different instances in Scripture where Jesus uh, spoke some words and we've looked at several of those words and what they have to say to us. Today, uh, as we celebrate Easter, one of the things we're going to do is we're going to look at it, uh, focus upon some words that Jesus spoke to one of the two thieves that was on the cross. Uh, as we know the story uh, of Easter, we know that Jesus was crucified. And if he was crucified, on either side of him were two crosses. Uh, and there were two thieves there upon the cross, the scripture tells us. One thief responded one way, one responded another way. And because of those responses and how they focus their attention, uh, we, we see that one thief uh, asked the question finally. He said to Jesus, he says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, I'll tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. And so the question is, how do you, how do you get that relationship with God? And what did the thief do that we can do uh, and helps us to understand what it means uh, to accept Christ. Now, Scripture, the, the one verse that probably more people know than anything else is this verse that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his, only, his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And we're going to be talking about today, what is it that you need to do to get your, your life right with God? This morning, as we uh, focus upon this thief upon the cross, there's a song that a group called Third Day did a few years ago. And it's based around, around this, the story of the thief on the cross. It's, it's kind of like a first-person story as he tells his story of how he feels and how he expresses his, uh, his uh, uh, feelings to God upon the cross. So right now, listen to this song and uh, pay attention to the words because it has a lot to say with what we're going to be talking about today. Why did one thief get to go to with Jesus in paradise and the other was separated with from him for all eternity it wasn't because one did good works and the other didn't because the thieves on the cross had no opportunity to do anything about that at that stage of their life so what's the difference i believe there's three questions that we need to ask ourselves three questions that the thief on the cross that responded to jesus in a positive way three questions that he answered Really, there are three questions that we all answer all the time, but sometimes it's, it's according to the answer we give that makes the difference. And I think you'll see that as we look at this in Scripture today. The first question that the thief on the cross that said to Jesus, the first question he asked, asked, asked was this. Do you see your need? Do you see your need? Do you acknowledge that you have the need for forgiveness of sins? Do you do, acknowledge the need for a Savior? There were two thieves, but, on, but on the same, they saw the same things. They experienced the same things, the same brutality, the same responses that Jesus had to that brutality. But at the same time, the repentant one said to Jesus, said to the arrogant one, he said this. He said, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. He realized his need. He said, we are guilty and we deserve what we're getting. What about you? Do, you? do you see your need? 
I mean, I believe in the world today, the first barrier that we have to really accepting what Christ offers us is the, the, the barrier of thinking that we're good enough. So often people in life will say, well, you know, I've done a good, enough good things to, to be right with God. Well, how much is good enough? Uh, we're going to take a survey this morning, okay? This is audience participation this morning. You're going, oh, boy, this is too exciting. No, yeah, I know you're so excited about this. But look, I just want to just be totally honest this morning, okay? Great Oaks is where imperfect people come, including the pastors, okay? Pastors, okay, plural. And um, so let me, three questions this morning. I just want to take a quick survey. Number one, question number one is this. If you'll be honest to say this, have you ever in your life at any time told a lie? Thank you. If you don't have your hands raised, you're probably lying. <laughs> you know, I mean, how many of us can say, oh, yeah, I didn't really, you know, you know we call them half-truths. You know, sometimes we do that. We, we, we don't always tell the total truth. In, in the world, when somebody tells a lie, what are they called? Come on. Oh, y'all are such wimps this morning. <laughs> you're called a liar if you... Tell lies, right? Right. Okay, so guess what we got this morning here at Great Oaks? On this Easter Sunday morning, we have liars here. Okay, number one. Question number two. Now, this is going to be harder. The next, it gets progressively harder. Okay, question number two. How many of you would have said you've stolen something in your life? Maybe you just borrowed it for long term, but you know. <laughs> okay. What do you call people who steal things? Thieves, okay, the two guys on the cross were thieves. They were robbers and thieves. Okay, a number, th- question number three. How many of you would say that sometime in your life you have put something ahead of God? Okay, guess what that's called in scripture? Idolaters, that's a big word. Okay, idolaters. Because guess who we have here this morning in this church service? Here, you know, it, it's, we're, we got a bunch of liars thieves and idolaters welcome to great oaks happy easter (laughs) you know do i have to prove my point that we all have a need we all are people who are short fall far short of god's perfect plan for our lives the only person in scripture that the bible says ever lived a sinless life was jesus christ no one has, except him has done that. Not Mother Teresa, not Billy Graham, not anybody has done that. Just, just Jesus. Do you see your need? And the Bible tells us that what we deserve for the fact that we are liars and thieves and idolaters, just to name a few things, that what we deserve is death because it says the wages of sin is death. Now, the, the truth is, all of us are going to die physically, right? But what it's talking about here is death is se- eternal separation from God. That's the type of death it's talking about here in, in, in our world. There were two thieves hanging on two crosses. Both of the thieves were guilty, just like you were guilty and just like I'm guilty. Both thieves heard the exact same thing during those faithful six hours. Both the thieves were severely suffering. They were uh, dying. Both thieves needed a savior. One recognized his need. One did not. The Bible says this, for all have sinned and we all fall short of the glory of God. It means we fall short of his plan for our lives. All of us. Do you see your need? Big barrier number one. Until you see your need, you can't answer the second question. 
But the first question was answered by the thief on the cross that said, Jesus, he, he looked at the other thief and said, hey, this man has done nothing wrong. And that's the second, the second question this morning. Who do you say Jesus is? Question number two, who do you say Jesus is? You know, the, the thief, uh, the, the, the repentant thief, after he looked at the other guy, the, the, the unrepentant criminal and said, don't you fear God? Don't you fear God? And then he said this, this man has done nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. It tells us that in Luke 23, verses 40 and 41. Even the criminal on the cross realized that there was something different about Jesus Christ. Something about him that he was more than just a good teacher. Something that was more than just a good guy. Who do you say Jesus is? The thing that we need to understand is is that the answer to that question determines our eternal destiny. Besides, I see my need. Secondly, who do you say Jesus is? Is he just a good guy? Is he, is he a prophet? Is he a guy? I mean, people, many people say, oh, yeah, he was a real guy. I mean, only a person that doesn't know history at all will say he didn't even live. Even historians who don't believe in Jesus as the Son of God understand from history that he really lived here upon this earth. It is historical fact. But the issue is, who do we say he was besides the fact that he lived here upon this earth? Was he just a great teacher? Was he just somebody to follow? You know, sometimes how we approach that approaches how we come to church on Sunday mornings. You know, if you just think Jesus is a great teacher, well, let's go to Great Oaks this Sunday morning or some other church this morning. Let's read scripture so we can learn some stuff. Go home and maybe practice it, maybe not. But the Bible says that what we're to do, how we're to respond to that question is it's hugely important. Because who we say Jesus is determines how we respond to Jesus. Do we say he was just a good guy? Or do we say he was the sinless son of God? The innocent Lamb of God who gave his life in our place for our sins. And on the third day he rose, the stone was rolled away, the tomb was empty, and he rose from the grave. And because of that, he defeated sin, hell, and death. Is that who we believe he is? And because of that, we approach God with reverence. We approach Jesus with reverence and we spend our life honoring him. Is that how you approach that? Is that who you believe he is? Many times in Scripture, Jesus would ask people, who do you say that I am? He asked that to Peter one time. And Peter, uh, Jesus asked him the question, and this is what Peter responded. Peter said, you are the Christ. You are the Son of the living God. He wasn't just a teacher to Peter. He wasn't just a great guy he was going to follow around. He was a guy he committed his life to. That was his response. What was the response? Uh, when, what, what did God say about it? When he looked down from heaven at the baptism of Jesus and opened the heavens, and what did God say? He said, this is my son whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. What about Judas when he betrayed Jesus? What did he say about Jesus? Judas said, I have betrayed innocent blood. What about Pilate, the guy who was the, the uh, that Jesus went before on trial? A guy did not believe in Jesus as the Son of God. What did he say about him? He says, I find no fault in this man. All these people understood that Jesus was more than just a good guy, more than just a teacher, more than just somebody to kind of follow around and follow his teachings. He was somebody to be worshipped. So who do you say Jesus is? 
When you look at the life of Jesus Christ, it's amazing to me that the kind of Savior he was. He was not who we think. So often we think of leaders and people who, would, who we should follow as people who are dynamic and who are, you know, really strong leaders, military leaders. But Jesus humbled himself, it says, when he lived up here upon this earth. He took the very nature of a servant, it says. It says that he was born in a humble stable. He was not surrounded by servants like any other king, but was surrounded by animals. And when Jesus died, he died the death of a criminal upon a cross. And even when his enemies hurled insults at him, we studied this a couple of weeks ago, the words of Jesus on a cross, when, the, when his enemies hurled insults at him, what was his response? Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. Two thieves, one said, Jesus was the sinless son of God, the other cursed him. Question number one, do you recognize your need? Question number two, who do you say Jesus is? Question number three. Question number three is this. Have you experienced his grace? Have you experienced God's grace? The word grace is not something we use very often, but it simply means this. Grace is God's undeserved, unmerited, un... It's something we have not earned at all. Unearned favor. It means that we're getting something we don't deserve. That's what grace is. Have you experienced God's grace? The criminal on the cross experienced this when he said to Jesus, he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said the most grace-filled words, the most undeserved words to a person who could do no good works, who could do nothing religious. He couldn't join a church at that point. He couldn't do anything to pay back the debt. All he could do was believe that Jesus was who he said he was. And he throws himself at God's mercy. And he says, remember me. And Jesus' response is this. I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. What does that say to you about what it takes to be made right with God? Just that alone tells me it's about God doing something for us that we cannot do for ourselves. That's the message of Easter. As simple as that is. Do you see your need? Who do you say that Jesus is? Have you experienced his grace? We're all one of two thieves hanging upon a cross. We respond in one of two ways. This morning, we're going to experience, before we close the service in a few moments, we're going to experience something that's, that's very important in our lives. We believe that everyone at Great Oaks, everyone in, this, everyone in the world has a next step with God. And one of the things that we want to understand is this, is that none of us ever become perfect, but we can't become forgiven. The issue is this, is when Jesus says that when you've answered these three questions... And you say that Jesus is the Son of God. You said, yes, I recognize my need. And finally, I want to experience God's grace. And we ask him to come into our life. He says, at that point, that is when God forgives us of our sins and comes into our life. He says, one of the things we should do after that happens, though, to show that we really mean business with God is to be baptized. Baptism is simply a symbol of something that has happened in your life. It does not save you. It is simply a symbol. It's like me placing on my finger this wedding ring, which I've worn for almost 30 years. It says to my wife, it says, I'm committed to you. Baptism is a sign of being committed to God. We do it publicly here at Great Oaks, and we believe it's something we should do just simply to say that this is what we mean business with God.
This is our next step. So this morning, in this service, we already experienced it in the previous service. We had six people baptized in the last service. We'll have several others in this service this morning. Each one of them have done a brief video, just a brief video testimony of what God has done in their life recently. And so right now, before we close our service, I'll come back and talk just a couple minutes more. Let's experience baptism with uh, these people this morning and let's watch their testimonies as well. That was cool earlier, too. I don't know if you knew who that was that baptized Katie, but that was her dad, her dad that baptized her. This morning in the first service, we had, um, we had a, a, a father, uh, a husband, baptized, was baptized and then baptized his two kids and his wife. And that was pretty cool as well because there's nothing in Scripture about who's to baptize whom. It just be baptized. You don't have to be a pastor to do that, and we do it here just you know, to include families if they want to do that sometimes as well. But it's, a, it's great because they had a great influence on each other. And so that was fantastic this morning to be able to experience that, uh, that those baptisms in the first service. Uh, Steve was kind of amazing uh, this morning. He's not out here right now, but he'll be out here in a minute. Uh, the bass player, uh, he was the one that baptized all his family and got baptized. So he plays music, gets baptized, baptizes there, comes back out and plays the final song. I don't know how he did it all. But uh, it, was, it was pretty amazing. So it was cool this morning. <sighs> Two thieves, three questions. How do you respond? How do you respond to Jesus Christ? Number one, the question is, do you see your need? Do you acknowledge that your sin has separated you from God? That's the answer. That's the first question. Question number two, who do you say Jesus is? Uh, Is he a hero? Is he uh, just a great teacher? Or is he the son of God, the risen Christ? The third question is this, have you experienced the grace of Jesus? Have you... uh, you see, many people will say you get to heaven by the things you do, the works you do, but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that when we accept Christ, what happens is in, in that process, once we accept Christ, we want to do good works, we want to serve God, we want to honor Him. And that's why we do the good works, not to be saved, but as a way to honor and show expression, express our love to God. You see, the criminal on the cross who was forgiven, he could do no good works. He couldn't uh, join a church. He couldn't uh, go out and help anybody because he was, nailed to, he was hanging on a cross. He couldn't even be baptized, so that doesn't save him. So what saved him? It was him responding to those three questions about, uh, about who Jesus is. The Bible says this, For it is by grace that you were saved through faith. This is not of yourself. It is the gift of God that no one can boast. You're never saved by your works, but you can be saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. Today, where are you? What is your response? How are you going to, what are you going to respond in regard to the three questions? I hope most of you here have already made responses in a positive way of those three questions. That you have said, yes, I have a need. You said, yes, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And yes, I need God's grace and I want to have His grace in my life. His unmerited, undeserved favor in my life. But if you've never done that before... You can do that today. After the service today, after it's over, we'll sing a closing song in just a few moments, and I'll be here down over on one side after the service to talk to anybody. Or we even believe it's more probably better for you to, to schedule a time to come in and really sit down and kind of nail down some things with you. So well, there'll be some people at our Welcome Center after the service today as well. You can go by there. You can say, I'd like to have an appointment with one of the pastors. And give, it, give them your name and your telephone number and we'll call and follow up and sit with, down with you this week and talk with you about what is your next step with God. Because God has a next step for every one of us here. For some of us, 
It's saying yes to Jesus Christ. For those of us who have already said yes to Jesus Christ, our next step may be to commit more of our life to him. Because even though we say yes to him and we're saved and we're forgiven, there's still areas of our life we need to grow in. And I've said this before, I'll say it again. The only time that you will quit growing in Christ is when you decide to do it or when they shovel dirt over you. It's one of those two choices. And I hope it's when they shovel dirt over you. It's when they, then when you quit growing in Christ because it means that you're still sticking with him. You're still trying to grow in a relationship with him because that is what it means to have a Savior in our lives. Thank you for listening to Great Oaks Community Church's weekly podcast. For more series and podcast information, go to greatoakscc.org.